When you need medical help fast, use NHS 111 online to go from home to an urgent treatment centre. Mr Williams, please come through. Or a pharmacy. Hello, pharmacist will see you now. Or if needed, stay where you are and get a call from a nurse, doctor or paramedic. Get assessed and directed to the right place for you in as little as 90 seconds. Use NHS 111 online. This is our People podcast, telling the stories behind South Tyneside and Sunderland NHS Foundation Trust. Hello and welcome to this episode of Our People podcast. I'm Fiona Thompson, a communications officer with the Trust, and I'm joined by our lead midwife for maternal mental health, Lorna Middlemass, and Lindsay Hall, who is one of our clinical psychologists. Uh, They, alongside clinical psychologist Becky Tinkler, have launched our maternity mental health service. And this works alongside those who have had experienced traumatic birth, a loss at any stage during the pregnancy, have had an extreme fear of childbirth, of hospital or a medical procedure, and also those who've had a complicated pregnancy experience such as an IVF journey. So just to let listeners know from the start, those subjects will be touched on during this conversation. The service itself has been set up as part of the NHS long-term plan, and this aims to launch them right across England during 2023 and 2024. They bring together maternity, reproductive health and psychological therapy for women who have moderate to severe complex mental health difficulties linked with their maternity experiences. Lorna, can you start us off with a bit about your background and how you came into your role? Yeah, so I completed my midwifery training in 2013. I trained at Sunderland and then was fortunate enough to get a job here. Um, And I mostly worked on the labour ward in the beginning of my career. And then in 2018, an opportunity came up to work alongside the consultant in the antenatal clinic supporting those who had mental health difficulties either pre-pregnancy or during their pregnancy um, and that sort of fueled my passion really for working in mental health and then when this job came up to be sort of the lead midwife for mental health I just sort of really wanted to go for that and um, to help. I think personally like a lot of people I've had like anxiety in the past myself and without the support of my friends and family and professionals sort of my journey to that recovery might have been longer so I think it's a real privilege to be able to be part of that journey for other people and offer that support. Lindsay I don't know whether you want to give us a bit of a a background about your job so far and how you came into your post. Yeah of course so um, I'm a clinical psychologist um, and I've been qualified for about three years um, and I guess most of my experience prior to this job was actually in working with people with learning disabilities and other mental health problems as well. Um, but then I guess through my own experience, really, that's why I became really interested in working in sort of perinatal maternal mental health um, when I had my own little boy and just kind of coming to understand sort of the huge impact that it has on people when you have a baby and kind of how that can affect your mental health and obviously all the different feelings that come about when you have a baby. Um, and then some of the difficulties that are experienced by people in the in the maternity setting, really. So I was really keen to kind of apply for the job and then fortunate enough to get the job, which was really, really good. And then I guess I'm learning a lot along the way as well. So it's quite new to me, but I feel like I can bring my skills from my other um, sort of jobs in, in the past to this role. So, yeah. So what kind of um, work have you done previously that helps feed into this? Um, well, just so just generally working with people with mental health difficulties and people with learning disabilities, um, developing my skills in like psychological therapies and understanding the impact of trauma, um, and then how that really applies to, to this kind of uh, role as well. So yeah. 
And so how does this service feed into our wider support for the families that we work alongside? From 2018 to now, I've seen like a big change in mental health services that are available and that sort of changed how we work as a trust and offering our support. So we've got our obstetric mental health clinic that supports um, those who have got mental health difficulties during their pregnancy or pre-existing, but this is sort of like more of a niche category that maybe wouldn't have fit into another service otherwise. So, for example, where women and families have sadly lost their babies, then they're maybe not able to access the specialist sort of perinatal community mental health team but then with this service developing they're then able to get that sort of treatment and support working within sort of being based in the maternity services as well we're able to link with the other midwives and the wider team to sort of sort of signpost to what else is available like our parent craft classes we can do tours of the maternity hospital as well so lots of different things feed into sort of our service from that how do you see it developing as it moves forward because it is in its infancy in its own right so how do you see it moving forward and growing as time goes on well yeah I think we've got a lot of work to do in terms of developing like the different pathways and how we support people at different points so one of the, the main things at the minute we're supporting sort of women who are having babies but we really hope to develop um more like ability to support like the wider family as well as we move forward so helping uh, partners as well because we understand obviously the impact of Difficult things that happen during maternity experience can not only impact the mum and the baby, but the, the wider family too. So that's kind of something that we're really looking to move forward with as we grow and develop, definitely. Um, I think sort of as well, like, like networking with other professionals so yeah. to make links with the health visitors, the family nurse partnership, so that everybody, every professional out there knows about the service so that every woman or family is able to access that service. For me, that's really important. And things just like what the, the council's office or Mums on the Move, um, Aquanatal, just sort of improving sort of access to those services as well. I think that's important for me. Yeah. And another thing from off the back of what Lorna's just said, it's developing, I guess, that awareness of the impact on mental health and the impact that difficult experiences you maternity can have and how how we can sort of spread the word I guess to like other professionals so that they can then also offer support so it's not just us doing it it can be like a whole a whole system approach if that makes sense so yeah yeah. I think as well like a lot of the feelings that families have after they're having a baby are very normal feelings as well so it's trying to sort of educate sort of staff and patients and families about what is normal you know social media sort of portrays this wonderful picture that everything is okay after you have a baby and everything you know everyone's got their their act together and things are very easy whereas that's not actually always the reality so I think sort of like education around that as well sort of just helps everybody to feel a little bit more normal within that maybe who do we help as part of this service what kind of situations are you able to support people through so our pathways are um, trauma, so somebody who has experienced a traumatic birth, and we're sort of talking about psychological trauma there because trauma can be both physical and emotional, so we're looking at psychological trauma there. Um, and also those who've suffered a loss of their baby, so anywhere from that period of conception up until sort of neonatal loss, um, so to cater for those families there. Um and also sort of fear and anxiety around childbirth. So it may be that people don't feel able to have a baby because they're so fearful of childbirth. Um, it might be that they are pregnant, but they really sort of feel vulnerable in that, that situation at that time, and we can support with that as well. Because is there a different in that aspect? Because it's got a, a particular name, hasn't it? Is it tocophobia? Tocophobia. tocophobia. Is there a difference between, I, I imagine every person who has a baby goes through their anxieties, but is there a, something that is beyond your normal fears of what might happen? 
Yeah, so sort of a bit like any phobia, really. Sort of like agoraphobia, where you can't leave your ha- leave your house, things like that. So that is like sort of like that true phobia. Um, a lot of us will be scared of childbirth. Um, a lot of us will be scared of something like spiders. But for um, some people, that's like a real fear, isn't it? So yeah. it's a, it's a, the different extremes, isn't it? I yeah, guess. and it's that real extreme fear that then is going to impact like throughout the pregnancy and how they're going to sort of, you know, even attending appointments and things and the, the anxiety that that brings. So yeah. yeah, so they might not access care and things like yeah. that. So we want to be able to support them for the best for them and their babies, really. And I suppose people might have fears about coming to the hospital in any case or yeah. having procedures carried out. We also offer support for complicated pregnancies um, and experiences such as IVF. So how do you work alongside families in that instance? So with trauma, as we said, not all, but you can have trauma in many different aspects of your life. So you may have had a traumatic incident with it, maybe it's an IVF journey or a loss of a baby. So then that hospital environment that you've been to previously just has negative connotations and you don't necessarily want to come back to that so it's about being able to work with that person to sort of support them during that time and how do people find their way to your service how are they how do they come to you normally we've been receiving referrals from other professionals but we also receive self-referrals as well so people if if an individual feels that it would be beneficial they can sort of look us up and refer themselves or have a chat with the midwife or the gp or any other professional i guess who's involved in the care um, just about, I think one of the things that we're trying to do as well is to raise awareness of the service so that professionals themselves know and then they can look out for sort of if, the, if they're seeing a patient who is saying particular things around they've had a previous trauma when they had the last baby or they've lost a baby, then the, that we want professionals to be aware of the service so then they can say, oh, let's let's refer you to the maternal mental health service to see if we can get you some support. So, yeah. How does the support take shape? What do you offer people who come to you? So everybody who's referred um, and sort of accepted onto the the treatment pathway, we offer an initial assessment in the first instance to sort of see what is their journey, what journey has brought them to us. Um, And then we'll create an individualised plan around that. So it may be a psychological therapy with, say, Lindsay or Becky, um, like a cognitive behavioural therapy. It may be that myself as the midwife and one of the psychologists work together to create sort of like an enhanced package with midwifery support and the psychological therapy or it may be that if they work with myself you know it's sort of like a bit of a team effort really isn't there's lots of different aspects Um, and we can create like birth plans and do tours of the hospital. Do those tours I I imagine everyone who's coming to us with a baby probably has a little aspect of that do you go a little bit above and beyond in a bit more detail to give them that assurance? Yeah, so it might be that one of our usual appointments where we're sort of um, talking about their worries and offering sort of um, strategies around how they can sort of manage their day-to-day lives. It might be that we do that session in the hospital environment instead. So we're still doing that um, enhanced support, but sort of in a different environment so that over that hour for that appointment, they've been in that environment longer and that environment feels more comfortable to them, more familiar at the time than they come in. So Lindsay, how do your sessions take shape? So following on from like an initial assessment, which would be maybe with myself or with me and Lorna or with Becky, um, would be really finding out in that appointment what the women um, sort of need and what the difficulties are that they're experiencing. And then usually following that, I would probably spend a few more sessions just really finding out a lot more about the, the woman that I'm seeing just to kind of make sure that I'm going down the right tracks because there's lots of different types of psychological therapy. So it'd be, it's about kind of finding what, what fits and what would work for that person. Um, so, for example, someone who'd experienced like trauma, so it could be birth trauma or trauma following a loss, 
um, I might look to do EMDR, which is a type of therapy which is um, for for like trauma. So it's for PTSD, but we know that people who have experienced birth trauma and other kind of trauma around pregnancy do kind of have symptoms of PTSD quite often. So EMDR can be really helpful. Um, but then there's different types of therapy. So there's like CBT, which is cognitive behavioural therapy, or compassion-focused therapy, which is really about helping people to... I guess, like Lorna was saying earlier on about how normal some of those feelings can be when you have a new baby, but then people give themselves a hard time for that and like, I shouldn't be feeling this way when actually it's okay. And compassion-focused therapy is really about kind of helping people to understand that and sort of be kind to themselves, I guess. So that's sort of another option. So there's various various options. So I guess my sessions can take a lot of different routes. But So do you look to tailor that your care to that person's yeah. needs? Yeah. So it's not the same for everybody. Yeah. It's all down to that individual. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, and so how have families found it so far? What kind of feedback have you had? And also, do we work to support partners as well? I think the feedback's been really positive, hasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah especially what I've seen. Um, people seem to come to the session, sort of feel like they're getting something from it. And then I think being so integrated with the maternity services... It allows for that joint working within the team that maybe they wouldn't be able to get from another service because they're off-site, they're in a different area, the teams don't work together. So it really does allow that one-to-one personalised care. Yeah, and I think people that's what people really seem to have valued, like who we've seen so far. It's that joining up, I guess, of like how we can then support them through the maternity journey with other services as well. So, And are the partners getting involved in these sessions? So is it simply for whoever's having birth and the baby, or is it partners too so well at the minute so we've kind of been focusing just at at the initial phase i guess of development service on the women who haven't having babies but then obviously we we, like i said at the beginning we do know the impact on the wider family and partners as well so i guess at the minute what's happening is that partners might come like to sessions um and sort of be part of that where needed or when or where kind of where it would be helpful but then because at the minute we're not offering individual appointments to partners we're trying our best to sort of figure out well where can partners get support and really provide that um signposting and kind of onward referrals and things like that so so Lindsay you mentioned EMDR there would you mind just give us a little bit detail about what that is yeah so EMDR it's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy so it's a bit of a long-winded name um but it's basically it's just a, a therapy which is for trauma and it helps to sort of Basically, when I guess when you've had a trauma, your memory's stored in a certain way because you're remembering how traumatic it was and you often get the sort of physical and emotional sensations with that memory too. And EMDR works to sort of process the memory so that, yeah, you'll still remember it but can't make people forget, but those real emotional and intense sort of feelings sort of go away. Um, and that's sort of the aim of the therapy, really. Thank you for taking us through that. And you were also looking to launch uh, birth reflection sessions. So what are they and how will they help? So everybody's birth is a unique time, it's really an important um, experience and you may not have like any mental health difficulties but you just might have some questions about your birth, you might want to sort of discuss that with a midwife so we're offering birth reflection sessions to everybody who has had a baby with us in the last 12 months um, to come along to speak with a midwife who has had um, extra training in birth reflections and sort of being able to identify where it may just or on to maybe some mental health difficulty. As the leaders of our maternal mental health service, how have you found it's helped your work? So for me, I also work in our obstetric mental health clinic. So I feel like it's been a, um, another service that I can signpost those patients to. So 
previously, like I said earlier, there's that, that gap where those women haven't quite had their needs met, whereas now I feel I can refer to our service and then also offer that, that support there. How have you enjoyed working as part of the service so far? So I've really enjoyed working with the service because, like I said, I did it for working alongside the consultant in the hospital, but for that was only really a short amount of my hours, whereas now I'm able to do it for more all of my hours that I do. So to be able to dedicate all my time to improving mental health services for the families who are, who are part of South Tyneside and Sunderland, I think it's like a real benefit and like a privilege. Um, and back to what I said in the beginning, knowing how much my family and professionals sort of helped my journey to be able to offer that. I just hope that I can do that for somebody else, really. That's what I hope. And for me, I guess, I think it's really gave me the opportunity to think more about, like, normalising mental health difficulties. And, like, because often different services that I've worked in in the past, you know, it's very based on sort of labels and diagnosis and really working in maternal mental health. It's more about, and I know we've touched on this already earlier in the podcast, but, like, just how normal some of the experiences are that people are having and then like how we can really support people to get through those things um and it's just like a real privilege to work with women who have had really like some really awful things happen but then come out the other side of that and yeah so for me I think it's just been a really good learning experience to kind of be in this role for the last five months and help people yeah what can friends and family look out for which might lead them to think that your support would help them or where can they find help if they find themselves in the situations you've described? So, like we've said, it is very normal to sort of not quite be yourself after having a baby. But if that's to go on for a longer period of time, so if we're six weeks, you know, eight weeks onwards or so, and you sort of find that those emotions are really quite troubling and you maybe is a bit withdrawn from your family, you're not able to go out and about, you're not you're sort of enjoying the aspects that you would have previously, then maybe we're thinking that you would benefit from that, that further support. And it may not be that it's sort of a postnatal depression typically or anything. It just might be that you need some support with that adjustment. Like Lindsay had said, we're not about using labels and diagnosis and things like that. It's just about supporting people through that time. So what can friends and family look out for that might lead them to think they need further support? So, well, I think it's so so individual, really. So, like, I think friends and family are are people that, you know, they know their, their people best, don't they? So... It's so individual, but I think if friends and family are maybe noticing that the women sort of maybe just not not themselves, I think I think they're the best person to to notice that. So, um, and maybe that they're maybe coming a little bit isolated or not talking as much as they were before, or not wanting to do things, so things like that. But I guess just generally, like I feel like if you notice that your friends and family are just generally struggling and just need that help it's just about recognizing that and, and knowing that our service is out there and that there's other services available too that can help it's not all just it's not all just our service that can help so if anybody's been affected by any of the subjects we've talked about today what's the best thing for them to do how can they find some more help I think the GP is always a good first point of contact. They have like lots of different services because it depends where somebody lives. But local talk and therapy services are um, really good for support. And um, I know in Sunderland and South Tyneside, they have a local mind service. So that's a good point of contact as well. Laura and Lindsay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of our People podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and check out our other stories. Hit subscribe to keep up to date with the latest and catch up with what we've been up to on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search for our name.